Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for that uh, wonderful song, Brother Dennis. Thank you for that uh, beautiful rendition of uh, the song about the, the richness and the pureness of God's greatest love. And the Lord wants uh, to hear more from you, brother. Amen. 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 More songs glorifying to his name. Amen. Now, brethren, from uh, the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you so much for your prayers, your care, your love, and uh, even those awesome birthday greetings during my 71st birthday last uh, uh, Tuesday. And to all my lovely friends, as well in Facebook, who uh, spent their time to uh, type in, you know, Beautiful comments to express their care and concern for Pastor Max, which I truly appreciated. Uh, also, what a great honor and uh, joy to receive a call. Even requested me to open my video for FaceTime, you know, and as he's probably watching now, the Honorable a deputy speaker of the House of the Representative in the Philippines Congress, no other than uh, Congressman Benny Mirando Abante. And he's uh, a speaker of the House, his lovely wife, Sister Maripaz, uh, you know, Mirando. And uh, just to greet me, birthday, uh, for my birthday, by the way, we thank God for Sioko and a friend to join us today also as well. It's a blessing to have you, man. Now, Benny Abante, Congressman Abante, we both uh, never forget our friendship. He was my mentor, you know, during my early life as a born-again Christian back in the 70s. He organized uh, an evangelistic team, four boys and six girls, and uh, including himself, uh, also uh, his younger brother, uh, Bishop Ruben Abante, who is now pastoring a church in the Philippines as well, uh, Lighthouse uh, Ecclesia. And Benny Abante also, aside from he is a congressman, he's also a pastor, pastoring that Metropolitan Ecclesia in the Philippines as well. Another uh, boy, <laughs> we were young boys at the time, J.J. Uh, Herrera, uh, he is now a band leader in Japan, and he is the older brother of Pastor Manny Herrera, our Dory Church, pastoring our Dory Church in Boston. And uh, uh, Ruben Abante, Bishop Abante, I should say, is also a brother-in-law. Now, out of the four, three of us are still, still in the ministry, and uh, DJ Hiller is the only one, uh, you know, not in the ministry. Now, uh, uh, we traveled, uh, you know, uh, uh, from northern Luzon all the way to the Beaker region. It is a wonderful ministry. And then we also partner the two of us, in the city jail in Manila uh, to minister some inmates there. 
you know, and uh, happened to me, brother-in-law this time, he is a, he's a cop, a policeman in Manila at the time, but Andy Aranda, he was our bodyguard. Because uh, in the city jail, there's a lot of gangs, notorious gangs, like the OXO, the Sigi Sigi Sputnik, the Batang City Jail, and a lot of these, you know, uh, gangs in a particular prison cell, you know, it's dangerous. That's why we have to have a bodyguard at the time. We've been doing it like for three years. What a wonderful ministry, you know? And uh, we thank God. What a group, again, privilege and honor for him to call me. Now, uh, I, by the way, I, I would like to apologize to Brother Dennis Flores because I told him if you sing this coming Sunday, you know, for the Lord, then I don't need to sing before the message. But, you know, it is a practice in this pulpit that uh, if you feel nervous, you know, <laughs> and I feel nervous, then we have to sing, you know. <laughs> and that's why I have to sing, beloved. And the title of my song, I believe, in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the cost and when time has rendered and earth is no more I still cling to the old wagon I believe that this life with its great mysteries surely someday will come to an end. But faith will conquer the darkness and death and will lead me at last to my friend I believe that the Christ who was laid on has the power to change life today for it changed me completely and you and that is why by the cross I I believe in a hill 
By the way, come to think of it, uh, as far as the claim of our friend, the Roman Catholic, uh, you know, a church as the first pope, it is related to our text uh, this morning, beloved, before reading our text. I believe the most fit, the most appropriate, uh, and the most qualified to be their first pope was the great Apostle Paul, not Peter. And several reasons, beloved, I'd like to share this to you. He was a Jew by blood, but Roman citizen by birth. And he died at the age of 62. Now, they, they, they behaved Paul in Rome, so both his head and body, I believe, you know, were buried, obviously, in Rome. According to uh, uh, the records that at the family tomb of devout Roman, you know, noble woman, by the name of Matrona Losella. And don't you know that they are unearthed his body back in the 300, I believe, 85 AD? You know where they found the body? Underneath the basilica in Rome. You believe that? Huh? Okay, so no, uh, no, no, uh, nothing also that he never, he never denied. His Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, after his conversion. And there are no biblical records that he got uh, married or he was married as far as the doctrine of celibacy of the Roman Catholic is concerned. And the fifth thing, beloved, you have to make your own research, okay? <laughs> uh, but not Peter, uh, because no biblical account that he was able to visit Rome. And also he was married. Jesus, as a matter of fact, Jesus healed uh, his uh, mother-in-law, according to the scriptures. So uh, he wouldn't be qualified for celibacy, as far as celibacy is concerned. Eh? And then he denied his Savior, you know that. He denied his Savior three times, beloved, eh? after his conversion. Now, Paul, in our text, his desire was to visit, uh, for, for Timothy, to visit uh, Rome, or Paul, I should say, in Rome. In a sealed house. And uh, also his desire for Timothy to pass by Alexandria Troas to pick up those, uh, the cloak and uh, the, uh, the books and the parchments that he left there. So we're going to read the passage of scriptures, beloved. I'd like you to please rise and let's read 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1, the entire chapter, beloved, because this, the, the entire chapter would give us the message that I'd like to share to you this morning as well. Eh? Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 to 22. Wonderful passage of scriptures, beloved. This is uh, the farewell letter of Paul, actually, before his 
the Lord will take him home. And uh, he wrote this to young Timothy. Young Timothy was a Jew. His mother was a Jew, but his father was Greek. And, uh, but he practices a Jewish tradition. Did you find it, folks? Oh, here's the, what the Bible says, beginning from verse 1, and let's read this together, beloved, okay? Verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, exhort with all lands, suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But what's thou in all things? Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that have loved his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. You, they must have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke was with me in, in Mark, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus have sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, with the comments bring with thee, and the books, but especially departments. Alexander the coppersmith did much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou were also. He had greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom the glory forever and ever. Salute Pris Priscilla and Achela, and the household of Bonisiporos, Erastus, Abut at Corinth, by Tropimos, have I left at uh, Militum, sick, do thy diligence to come before winter, Eubulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with my spirit. Grace be you. Um, amen. And may the Lord add blessings to his reading his words. Now the question, beloved, was Timothy was able to visit Paul in Rome? Do they have the biblical records? Huh? Yes, indeed. You'll find that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 23. And you know, sad scenario here that the uh, Christians in Rome abandoned a Apostle Paul during his first healing. You know, it's just a lamentable scenario. It was, Dr. Locke was only there at the time. And uh, uh, including Dimas. Dimas talaga, hindi maasahan, ba? He also abandoned, you know, Apostle Paul during, the, you know, during that time. At any rate, uh, let's bow heads with a prayer. Great God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this encouraging letter of Paul to thy servant Timothy, how he charges him to be diligent and never cease to serve Jesus and faithful in his preaching to watch, to watch 
uh, suffer patiently, and to give full proof of his ministry. Likewise, Lord, this is exactly what you want and even desire for all ministers who are called by thee, all servants of the Lord, men and women, who are dedicated and committed to do the work, the ministry of Jesus Christ, while waiting for his great coming. May thy Holy Spirit, O God, enlighten our minds and our hearts as we desire, Lord, to respond to the admonition and exhortation from thy word today. Save the loss as well, O God. Thank you for those who are watching in this live stream uh, service, Lord. And I thank you also for our guests today. We love you, O God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be seated now. Now, uh, as an introduction, beloved, uh, there was a, a man by the name of Art uh, Linkletter in this country, America, and he had a program on television called uh, Kids Say the Dumbest, the Dumbest, uh, you know, uh, uh, things. And that was during the late uh, 50s and 60s, you know. I, I, I wasn't born in the time, you know. Now, uh, in those years, actually, uh, during that program, he would, uh, you know, ask children questions. And sometimes, because it's, it's uh, very uh, intriguing, you know, or uh, embarrassing questions. And sometimes it was embarrassing for the children's parents as well. And there was a boy by the name of uh, uh, Tom Allison in particular. The uh, Tom uh, uh, Art Linketer asked uh, this boy uh, that his father, uh, what his father did for a living. And then his, respon his response was, which one of my fathers? Which one of my fathers? My mother has been married eight times. You know, just like Elizabeth Taylor, huh? The late Elizabeth Taylor. I feel sorry for the mom, isn't it? Because her sin was exposed. And uh, sounds like, again, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. I would not take that long, huh? Now, sometimes children also can ask the complicated questions. Like uh, there was a father and son went fishing one day. When they were out, uh, you know, on the water, the boy suddenly became curious about things in general and started asking uh, for, you know, like all sorts of uh, uh, complicated questions. And he asked his father, why does the boat float? And then the father replied, son, I'm sorry, I don't have the right answer. And then later on, the boy looked at his father and asked, how do the fish breathe underwater? So it's a really complicated question, you know, and the dad said, sorry, son, I don't have the right answer to you. And then a little later, the boy asked his father, why is the sky blue? Is that a complicated question, beloved, also? And the father said, no, son, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have a right answer to give you. And then finally, the boy asked his father, dad, do you mind my asking, mind my, my asking you all of these questions? And then the father replied, of course not, because if you don't ask questions, you never learn. Huh? Uh, but those questions were com complicated, and I don't think uh, the father was able to, write, to give the right answer as well to his son. But at any rate, also children can ask some questions that are difficult to answer, isn't it? Huh? Now, uh, a young child asked his mother what it was like to die. 
what it was like to die. And the mother was caught off guard by the question. But she, uh, you know, whispered. She whispered a prayer for wisdom to uh, uh, answer the question. And she felt that God uh, gave her the wisdom. And she said to her son, do you remember when you were real young and we visited your grandparents? And uh, you would play all day and then you would come to, to the house and rest on the sofa. You know, and go to sleep. When it was time to leave, then uh, we would load you to, into the car. And when you woke up, lo and behold, you were home. You were home. So she said, that is what death is like. You know, uh, good job, mom, isn't it? Huh? Nice, good answer. Now, the same token also, beloved, here in our text, uh, in our text, we find Paul had fervently, you know, served the Lord and would soon wake up in God's presence. Before he departed, he wanted to share some things with young Timothy, who would be left, uh, you know, behind what for? To carry on the work of God. Now, Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy to share with him those things, beloved, were heavy on his heart. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy, uh, he wrote to him on, on his concern for courage, chapter 1. He wrote to young Timothy, concern for service, chapter 2. He wrote to young Timothy, uh, his concern for faithfulness in chapter 3. And then he wrote to young Timothy his concern for, his, for, for the ministry. And that's our text, chapter 4. So in chapter 3, he referred to uh, the perilous times. If you remember that, we've started that many times as well, with Pastor Sam as well. Which were coming to the Christian church. And then in chapter 4, he wanted Timothy to know some things about the ministry. Now we see here, first of all, the purpose of the ministry. What will be the purpose of the ministry? Verses 1 and 2. This verse is still as the purpose of the ministry. It is not to entertain. Amen? It is not to entertain or to preach politics or philosophy as some seem to think. Now, some time back, a church on television, for some reason or the other, you know, had a man uh, drive down his, in the middle of the aisle of that uh, mega church. He was like a uh, driving his uh, uh, Harley Davidson motorbike or motor motorcycle. And this particular church that loved to be entertained, you know, thought this was something wonderful. But beloved, that is pure entertainment, isn't it? Nowhere in the Word of God can we you find such shenanigans. What is the meaning of shenanigans? Like deception, dishonesty, you know, nowhere. How could such a church ever teach the children of God, you know, with respect for the house of God, doing such things? Not at all. Now, could you imagine if you allow uh, someone here, Brother Lino perhaps, driving his motorbike inside our pulpit here, no? Or sanctuary. It's not, it's a shenanigan, you know, deception. And uh, exactly what uh, other churches, uh, you know, are doing now. The purposes of this ministry, beloved, or the purpose of this ministry is simply to what? To preach the word of God as it is Amen. to men as they are. 
Now, beloved, Paul makes it clear that the purpose of the church is to preach the word. In uh, Southwest England, uh, there was a great English preacher by the name of William Haslam, who preached with such power that he almost won everyone in the Baldo section of Cornwall. Uh, Cornwall, I would say, Cornwall to the Lord. And uh, the other uh, ministers became jealous and complained to the bishop about him. And the bishop confronted Haslam and said, You know, I understand. You are preaching all the time. You do not seem to be doing anything else. And uh, William Haslam said, I assure you, I preach only in, in two seasons of the year. I preach only in two seasons of the year. And the bishop said, I am glad to hear that. And what are the seasons? And then uh, William Haslam said, uh, I preach the season and out of season. Now, folks, the purpose is not to preach about the word of God, isn't it? But to preach the word. Not about the word, but to preach the word. Season or out of season. Now, many of the churches today are making the same mistake that many Bible, you know, colleges are making. They are teaching about uh, the uh, Word of God, but not teaching the Word of God. But Apostle Paul, beloved, uh, told Timothy to preach the Word, season or out of season. It is better to have, you know, 150 people in the congregation that came to hear the preaching of God's Word than, uh, you know, uh, 3,000 uh, who came to be entertained. Amen? Amen? Now why? Because Christ is coming. Beloved, amen? amen? Christ is coming soon, and whether we are ready or not, when He returns, I believe the Bible says of Him, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His, in, in, and, and his kingdom. The ministry, beloved, is about the preaching of God's word. The ministry, not only about preaching of God, but also the ministry is not a popular, popularity contest. Right. It's not a popularity contest. Amen? Amen? Someone said to be extremely popular, one, one must, be, must be more tactful and truthful. You know, there must be some truth to that. Because I believe every politician seems to practice that, isn't it? Huh? Uh, Chris Wallace uh, from uh, Fox News slums uh, uh, Jen uh, Shaki, the current uh, White House uh, President uh, Secretary or Press Secretary. She said, uh, we want to provide access into the border facilities. We are absolutely committed to uh, transparent. But the Biden's administration, beloved, you know, does not allow the media. They don't allow the media for, to have access to that uh, overcrowded facilities in Donna, Texas, you know. But the good thing that uh, Senator Ted uh, Cruz uh, recently was able to get some video to uh, be able to get some, uh, you know, to show it to the American people. Uh, you know, uh, they are not uh, telling the truth. So someone also said there are two sides of every question, and a politician generally takes both. Uh, isn't that funny? Uh, see, the politician may not get away with being more tactful than uh, truthful, 
may get away, but the job of a preacher, beloved, I believe, requires that he is truthful. Amen? Even uh, if he cannot be popular. So, because uh, a preacher could, should not be lying. Should not be, uh, you know, uh, should be honest in w what he preaches. Now, back in 1983, when President Joe Biden was still a senator, he said that it is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing or a bonehead idea. What is, do you know the meaning of the bonehead idea or bonehead? That is a stupid idea, you know, stubborn idea. It's wrong to parking the Supreme Court. That's what he said, you know, at the time. Even during his campaign as well for president, was asked many times if he's, if he's elected as the president, would he pack the Supreme Court? In other words, would he add more justices in the Supreme Court? And then uh, he consistently said that he would not because he knows. He knows that uh, nine members of the, of the justices, uh, it was settled, it was approved by the Constitution back in 1869. And recently, uh, six conservative and three liberal in that uh, Supreme Court. And uh, now the judicial member of the Democrat uh, Party, uh, the House of Representatives, uh, want to pack the Supreme Court again by adding more, four more. And they wanted to, to become like seven liberals and six conservative. Obviously, uh, as the former president, former senator Biden said, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to do. Uh, so, in other words, uh, he lied again. Uh, but the preacher, I believe, whether people like or dislike what he preaches, I believe he is to preach the word of God. And he has to preach the word of God to them. Not only preachers, but also teachers and also deacons and Opposites in our church. Uh, every time we share the word of God. God's word says every minister of the gospel should preach the word of God. Again, season or out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with exhort and long suffering. All long suffering and doctrine. And then the ministry is not uh, also a you know pleasant three contest. Pleasant three contest like it's not a entertaining. It's not in the business of pleasing or amusing people. Amen? And that is why in Mark chapter 1, verses 36 to 38, contrary to the, to the beliefs of many people in the first century, and even in our time, you know, uh, the primary purpose of uh, Jesus in coming to earth, basically to minister, was not to heal the sick or perform other signs and wonders. As important as this task were, they were secondary, you know, to his mission of uh, preaching the truth. And that is what you will find in Mark chapter 1, verses 36 to 38. Again, when Simon Peter and other disciples, you know, came to Jesus to encourage him in his ministry of healing, you know, pointing out the fact that many people were looking for him. Many people were, would like to know where he was. You know, so Jesus did not decide 
to stay in Capernaum and continue healing. He instead said uh, that it was time for him to preach to the other Galilean towns for his reason uh, for coming basically was to preach his word, his message. And Brother Gilbert, could you please uh, uh, project that, sir? In Mark chapter 1, verses 36 to 38. So just to give you an idea of what exactly the, the statement, the lines of our Savior Jesus Christ. What do you say here? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible, believing, you know, churches should be doing the same uh, thing. The Lord Jesus Christ's purpose of coming to, uh, you know, uh, basically to preach the gospel, his gospel, his message. Amen. Let it go. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. You know? And, 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 and he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. So it was not his priority of healing and, you know, performing wonders, but basically to preach his word. You know, uh, some churches, beloved, uh, and pastors are focusing on physical healing, you know, uh, and they, you know, just to please the people. And they take turns swapping pleasantries. Uh, it becomes a mutual admiration society, you know, uh, in worldly manner, uh, of which God did not get uh, the, uh, you know, the glory out of it. Now, the pastor tells them how great they are as, as a congregation. On the other hand, also, the congregation tells him what a great pastor he is. It's like <laughs> pleasing each other. But Paul wanted Timothy to know that even if the congregation never said a nice thing about him, he should continually preach God's word. Amen? Because the ministry is not popularity contest. Neither. It is a pleasantry contest. Again, the pastor is to tell people what God's word teaches. Because one day, one day, beloved, uh, you know, they were going to be judged from the word of God. And this is the purpose of the ministry. So we find the first one here, the first outline. Second one here, uh, the perversion of the ministry. That is the falsification, uh, misrepresentation, or, or, or twisting the truth. That's why in chapter 3, Paul said, perilous time shall come. The fact, beloved, that perilous time shall come implies that at this time, they had not yet come. But they would come. And when they did arrive, what would it be? What would it be like? Second huh? Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. They will not endure sound doctrine. Again, that's lamentable. Huh? If you go to some of the Christian bookstores, beloved, today, and buy some of the current books uh, that promote church growth, as uh, you know, a Bible believer... What are the, what are or what we are told we must do uh, to such have growth church in a big way will shock you, you know. Such as uh, do not preach and teach. Is that something? Huh? They would also say do not break and sweat. They would also say do not use the high word, the each word, you know. Why? Because the baby boomers and the millennials will not tolerate it and will go to another church. They, will, they will, would like to find another church. They don't like you to preach hard to them. You know? 
But listen, beloved, the baby boomers and the millennials need to be told, amen? Like anyone, everyone else, that if they do not repent of their sins and turn to Christ for salvation, they are going to Christless eternity, and the place is called hell. Could I imagine that? God's word says, when perilous times arrive, beloved people will not uh, endure sound doctrine. You know, you can preach uh, to them all day long about something, you know, that cannot be found in the word of God. And what? They still sit there, you know. One, one of the reasons today that many believe that perilous times have come is because they never before have, have we seen on uh, such a large scale now that men and women, you know, will, will not endure sound doctrine anymore. Again, it's lamentable. It's sad. And some of these hucksters, they could get on a television and preach the most ridiculous things you can imagine. And they can pack out, you know, uh, uh, a football stadium or a baseball stadium, a big crowd. You know, but down the road, a man can be preaching the word of God and the church will be poorly attended. You know, because people would like to hear some, something that would entertain them, amuse them. Not sound doctrine. Now, one of the signs that perilous times, beloved, have come is that men and women will not endure sound doctrine anymore. Amen? You can preach to them that all that live godly in Christ and Jesus shall suffer persecution and they will flee from you. You don't want to hear that. They don't want to experience persecution. They don't want to hear or suffer persecution. That's why in, in this world, uh, in this country, particularly America, many liberals, not so much on conservatives because the liberals, they like to be entertained. They don't like a high word again, huh? If you get up and tell them that it is the will of God that they prosper and, and, and ride around the new Bugatti, new Mercedes-Benz, new uh, Rolls-Royce, or Ferrari perhaps, then what will happen? They will come out in large numbers, isn't it? Huh? The prosperity gospels. Beloved, you can ask people why they went to go to a particular church. And usually they, uh, you know, they will tell you something like, uh, even prior to the pandemic outbreak, they would say they have a great music program. That's why I like the church. You know, I always go to the church because they have a lot of activities for the children. You know, I always go to the church and I love that church because my friends go there as well. I love to go to that church because they have a terrific uh, basketball team. And I love to go to the church because they have some grocery stuff, you know. Uh, grocery uh, bags of uh, giveaway foods. They have a different purpose, uh, reason of coming to the church, but not to hear the word of God. Amen. But beloved, when it is the last time you hear you heard someone say that go go to church to hear the word of God, uh, to preach, and that the preacher preaches the word of God with love, but also without fear or favor. Huh? Many men will not preach God's word because they know most people today. Just want a form of godliness, as the Bible says, clearly stated. And they know if they preach the word of God this week, the truth of God's word this week, then they will have to hire the FBI. Uh, 
they have to hire the FBI or secret agents, you know, next week to, to locate their members. Where are they? Uh, so this church members, beloved, remind me of some of these rebellious teenagers that tell their parents, you know, you had better let me have my, my way. Or else I will leave home and go somewhere else. And some of these, uh, you know, CC parents buckle and say, okay, you win. Do whatever you want to do. This dad explained that his son wanted to bring his girlfriend, you know, uh, uh, over to his house. And what he wanted to take her into his bedroom and have illicit sex with, uh, illicit with her. And the parents told him if it was not going to happen. It was not going to happen, my son. But finally, after a lot of chaos, the son won the battle. The son won the battle. And now this dumb dad was saying he had concluded that his son was going to do it in a way. You know, and that is better for him to do it in a safe environment, in his house, than to do it someplace where it was not safe. Isn't something? Isn't something, folks? Eh? What is wrong with these parents, beloved? Every time we see and hear them on radio or television, beloved, we ought to, uh, you know, uh, uh, thank the Lord that they are not our parents. Amen? On a, on a national radio talk show, a dad called in to talk about his rebellious, you know, teenage son because he did not know what to do with him. Now, folks, it is a sad scenario that many unbelieving parents in the Philippines, particularly, when their sons, you know, got hooked up in alcoholism, abused uh, uh, girls, the dad will just say, that's my boy. That's my son. You know? And they'll become proud of their evil things, their evil practices that their sons are doing. And they would say, yan ang tunay na lalaki. They're so proud of them. For a, but for Christian dad, uh, he would not tolerate that, amen? Not tolerate that. The same thing, beloved, goes on in our churches. Because I believe evil people are constantly coming to the pastor and saying, you know, I would like to join your church, but in order for me to do this, we have to come on an agreement on this doctrine. And listen, folks, the word of God is not up for debate, isn't it? Not for debate at all. Paul, Paul told Timothy here to preach the word. He did not say, you know, compromise the word. But he said, preach the word. Beloved, this spiritual blackmail, you know, has got to come to stop. Amen. Paul told Timothy here, perilous times shall come. Paul was saying, I will not be around much more longer myself. But when the time comes, uh, or times come, they will not endure sound doctrine. Be aware. Now you can find some ugly woman and tell her that she is ugly. And she won't believe it. But if you tell her she is beautiful, uh, she will think you have perfect vision. And that you are the smartest and the most intelligent man 
you know, on this earth. Why? Because they will not endure, again, sound doctrine. But look at verse 3, at what they will do. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Notice Paul says that they want teachers, not preachers. Some of the biblical churches try to equate the two to be the same, but they are not. In Acts chapter 15, verse 35, Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many other, others also. So the word of God, uh, you know, said that Paul and Barnabas went to Antioch teaching and preaching. Uh, the word of God makes a distinction between the two. So they certainly overlap. And they certainly are similar in some ways, but they're not the same. They're not the same. Teaching informs us. Again, teaching informs us. On the other hand, preaching does not does more than inform, isn't it? Because it points to the sinner and says, Thou art the man. Thou art the sinner. So teaching targets the mind. On the other hand, preaching targets the heart. Yeah. Amen? There's a difference there. Do you hear me, folks? Yeah. Eh? Now, Paul said, they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will find themselves te uh, teachers having itching ears. Like they feel a restless uh, unpleasant to hear. Now, in Acts chapter 6, after the apostle, apostles uh, selected seven deacons, mainly to serve tables. But the Bible says that one of the deacons, Stephen, in verses 8 to 15, was full of faith and power. And he did, uh, you know, great wonders and miracles among the people, not only to serve tables. In verses uh, 9 to 10, the synagogue of the Liberties, or the Libertines, or Libertines, whatever you pronounce it, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, they tried to argue, you know, uh, and dispute Stephen's knowledge of the scriptures. But they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which uh, he spake. Then, uh, you know, he was uh, charged of blasphemy against Moses, blasphemy against God. And to make a long story short, beloved, uh, he was brought to the council and uh, the high priest, they even set up a false witnesses against uh, uh, him, against uh, Stephen, and he was asked to testify and uh, def defend the charges from verses 1 to 53 about, of chapter 7. Now, beloved, amazing, amazingly given by God the wisdom and knowledge. Now, folks, to be able to remind or, or remember to recall in details from uh, the Abrahamic covenant uh, with God to his son Isaac to Jacob and Jacob to uh, the 12 patriarchs to Moses to David then to Jesus. Can you please project, Brother Gilbert, uh, chapter uh, 7, uh, Brother Gilbert, in the book of Acts? Verses 51 to 54, because up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, could you imagine, beloved, in just one chapter, he was able to remember, recall what took place during the calling of Abraham 
all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. The history of the Jewish life, you know, the history of the Hebrews. 51, ye stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, seven statement. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. And then he said, uh, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. The just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Okay? And then who have received the law of the dispossession of angels and have not kept it? In verse 54, he said, when they heard this thing, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. So itching ears, they don't want to hear it. So to make a long story short, beloved, he was brought outside for stoning. And do I tell you, if you keep re reading it, those remaining verses, I tell you, beloved, it's a sad thing to for Peter Stephen to experience that. But out of his love for the Lord, out of his commitment to uh, preach the word of God, season or out of season, no one could uh, stop him to preach the word. Paul said the day would come when people would have a spiritual itch. They would not endure sound doctrine, but they would find teachers having, you know, itching ears. It's sad, beloved. Amen? So we see the purpose of the ministry, the provision of the ministry, and the third thing here, the priority of the ministry. Second Timothy chapter uh, uh, 4, again, verses 5 to 7. Paul suggests three things. Timothy was to be enlightened. To be enlightened. Uh, but watch, he said in verse 5, But watch thou in all things endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of the ministry. Now the word watch, beloved, means to do not be caught in the dark. Be alert. Now one of the top priorities, beloved, in the church is to be alert. When it comes to all things. Amen. Amen. All the devil wants to, wants is, what, what the devil wants is a crack. And he will get into the church and do some major damage in the church. That's his ministry, to destroy the church. And uh, not only to be enlightened, but also Timothy was to endure. Endure afflictions. We all have been, have seen movies, beloved, in which prisoners of war were tortured, you know, in an attempt to get them to surrender to the enemy. The devil afflicts us as believers, as Christians, followers of Christ, in many ways to do the same. But God's word says, endure afflictions. You know, folks, listen to this. When some people have any pain in their body, they run to the doctor to get some medication, you know, to kill the pain. And it is absolutely amazing the amount of pills that some folks, you know, take each day because, what, they do not want to suffer any pain at all. You know, but, you know, my personal experience, beloved, until now, I'm still suffering the pain of my swollen, you know, uh, uh, ligament on my left foot. I, uh, I, don't want, I don't take any pain medication or, or reliever this time. Because I was uh, rushed to the hospital last July because of internal bleeding, you know, uh, caused by that pain medication. I stayed four days, as a matter of fact, for full uh, treatment. I had blood transfusion before 
the endoscopy to check uh, the damaged part of my intestine. <clears throat> and that's why with that experience, beloved, I don't want to take any pain medication anymore. You know, I don't want to damage my intestine anymore. Huh? So in these bodies, you have to live with some pain or to be full of pills. You walk around like a zombie, isn't it? Huh? The same thing goes for the spiritual man. Sometimes we have to endure some afflictions. That's very important to, to hear for this, to, to be admonished, to be encouraged in this. So uh, Timothy was not, uh, was not not only to be enlightened, not only to be endured, but also or to endure, but also to evangelize, do the work, uh, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the, the ministry. Now, folks, a pastor that preaches the word of God and lives the word of God, I believe, makes full proof of his ministry. Amen. And why did Paul suggest these three things? Because in, of, of two reasons. When we have Christ in our life, we are ready to meet him. Could I imagine that? We are ready to meet our Savior in the air as he would come to claim us. You will never find a man who preaches the word and then leaves the word dying with regret. Not at all. Huh? Uh, Paul was ready uh, and he said, my departure is at hand. He was pretty much very beloved to face God. Because he had done his best. When we have Christ in our life, beloved, in this manner, we will be rewarded. Amen? Amen? Amen. In verses 7 to 8, Paul mentioned several things. He had put a good fight. He mentioned, I finished the course. And now, folks, God had a crown of righteousness for him. But Apostle Paul, beloved, wants everyone to know that the same thing, the same thing can happen to them, can happen to us. He said, henceforth, there is laid up for, to me, for me a crown of righteousness, and not to me only, but unto all them that love is appearing. Now, folks, the love, uh, the top priority, I believe, of the ministry should be for every minister to, uh, to end his ministry on this earth in the fashion, uh, in this kind of fashion that God wants us to, to do. So we see the purpose of the ministry, the, the perversion of the ministry, the priority of the ministry, last but not least, the privilege of the ministry. The privilege of the ministry, again, in verses 16 to 18, we see that the stand for Christ is open a lonely stand, isn't it? The stand for Christ is open a lonely stand. Now, again, uh, at my first answer, Paul said, No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. So again, I mentioned a while ago that uh, in, in Rome forsook, uh, believers in Rome forsook him, uh, Ibn Dimas. Uh. Now, we see... The privilege of the minister, beloved, here. When Paul said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Wow, amen. Huh? The Lord was with him. The Lord encouraged him, admonished him. The Lord was with him. Paul said, all men forsook me, but God stood with me. I tell you, folks, I tell you, that's a very comforting and assuring truth, isn't it? Amen. From this great man of God. For us to remain faithful, for us to remain committed uh, to this great work and ministry of our God. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
still remember the message of our beloved senior pastor last Wednesday, Pastor Sam, uh, uh, that the best, he said, the best ability uh, is availability, the willingness, and next, and then next after that is what? Dependability. Amen? A beautiful message that our senior pastor shared last Wednesday night. So Paul was teaching his young spiritual son that the call of the ministry meant what? The purpose of the ministry, perversion of the ministry, the priority of the ministry, and the privilege of the ministry. Now, beloved, the Bible reminds us uh, through Apostle Paul here that one, that one day uh, we will face God and our works will be judged. Our works will be judged. Did you hear me, folks? For one thing, this truth would encourage us to, to do our work carefully, to do our work faithfully as well. It will encourage us to keep going even when we were or we face difficulties because we are serving him, not ourselves. Amen? Now, folks, it is heartening to see how many people are named in the closing part of this last letter. Paul wrote, I believe, uh, that, were, that there, there are at least 100 different men and women named in the book of Acts, uh, recorded by Dr. Locke and the Pauline letters as well, as part of his circle of friends and fellow laborers. Uh, listen, brethren, Paul could not do the job by himself. Right. Amen? Amen? He could not do the job by himself. It is a great man who enlists others to help get the job done and uh, who lets share them or them share in the greatness of the work of Christ. Amen. Now, in the same talking, beloved, uh, the Pastor Sam, Pastor Jeter, and Pastor Abel uh, could not do the job by themselves. Amen. Amen. They could not do the job by themselves. And uh, I tell you, uh, we're, we're, we're so grateful for our deacons, for, you know, assisting uh, them to take in charge of our Wednesday prayer meeting. Yeah. And some uh, men leading our home Bible studies as well. Yeah. Uh, but God needs more men, men and women in our church, Bergen Baptist Church. To enlist in the Lord's work. To enlist in the Lord's army. Amen. Amen. We thank God for providing us. You know. Uh, able and faithful men in our, in our church. The Lord uh, had uh, tried them already. They can teach. They can preach as well. We have brothers. Uh, Christian Ali Lamson. We have brother Alex Olpindo. He's with, he's with us this morning. Jackson Sayaan. Brother Lino, Rino Tolentino. Brother Hitler Kumia. Brother Joe Bruno, we heard them delivering, you know, the last utterances of Jesus on the cross last April 2nd uh, during our Good Friday service. Amen? Amen. Now, let's, uh, let's continue, beloved, to uplift them in our prayers that the Lord will continue to speak and minister, you know, to them in a special way that that was not the end or, or last of their ministry, huh? but the beginning of how God can use them mightily in the work and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have some more men available here in our church, amen, who could uh, uh, give uh, their life for the sake of Christ. And uh, they could be used by God in soul winning to be saved uh, the propagation of the gospel of Christ. 
Now we, we, we could say like Apostle Paul also here, before the Lord will take us home, in verse 7 uh, in our text, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Also in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Apostle Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. There is gain in dying if you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, the Bible does not record, beloved, the final days of Apostle Paul. Tradition tells us that he was found guilty and sentenced to die, and he was probably taken outside the city of Rome and he was beheaded there. You know, but Timothy other, and other devoted believers carried on the work. As uh, John Wesley you know, used to say, God buries his workman, but the work goes on. Amen? Amen. The work goes on. And Warren Worsby said, you and I must be faithful so that if the Lord does not return soon, what will happen? Future generations may hear the gospel and have the opportunity to be, to be saved. Grace be unto you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Miss Paul, for prayer. Great God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, word today. Lord, while waiting for the imminent return of our Savior Jesus Christ, may we find ourselves, O oh God, busy occupying the work wherein we can use the talents, we can use the skills, we can use the gifts and the ability to teach and to preach the word. As you have said, Lord God, be instant in season or out of season that thou hast entrusted to us. Father, may the Holy Spirit, Lord, will give us the joy to the best of our ability and for the glory and honor. For we ask this in his most holy, most precious and sacred name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While every head bowed, folks, let me bow our heads and be bowed and every eye closed. I would like to call our pastor here to please come and in that in our service today. Praise and thank God for the message from God's word that we heard this morning. And we'll have a, a brief moment to meditate upon what we've heard today. Uh, some time to internalize and have a practical application of the things that we've heard. Because the Bible admonishes us not to just be listeners of God's word, but be doers of it by His grace. The great apostle also penned these wonderful words in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus the, our Lord who had enabled me for that he had counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He also declared in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the passage of scripture that we read today that we need to be faithful in season, out of season, in preaching the word. He also declared in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. What a wonderful message about the ministry. Ministry is about service, isn't it? We are all ministers. We are all servants of the Most High and Living God. 
And it's a privilege to be called a servant of the creator of the universe and the redeemer of men. So the question is, what is your ministry today? As Pastor Max had mentioned, all born-again believers, all who have been saved by God's grace, have been given by God a spiritual gift, maybe a natural skill or a talent. And we ought to let God use those things for His glory. And the best ability is always availability. And next to that is dependability. So today, as we search our hearts and our minds, let's ask the Lord, Lord, I've been a Christian this X amount of time, and uh, you've given me some things. You've given me time. You've given me treasure. You've given me talents. You've given me this testimony. You've given me everything that I could have so I could be of service to you. So I could be a channel of blessing to the local assembly you've called me to. And God's blessing always flows through His church. That is God's design that we need to serve the Lord in our local church. Supports the ministry, the programs, the endeavor, especially in winning souls, edifying one another. May this pandemic, may these restrictions will not hinder us because we can still minister to others. Let's use the resources that we have. Let's encourage ourselves. Take a step of faith. Have the initiative. I will, I will contact my unsaved loved ones and friends and I'll talk to them through some means of social platform or video messaging and share to them the gospel or pray for them. I will faithfully attend the Sunday school programs of the church because that's a way I could grow in my faith. I could fellowship with one another. You see, there are means, there are avenues so that we can grow in the Lord, that we can be involved in the ministry. It's just up to us to prioritize the Lord, isn't it? It's up to us to focus our time upon Him because once again, He is worth it. He deserves it. And we don't have much time as we see the world, what's happening right now, both morally, spiritually, socially, globally. We are feeling the signs of the latter and of the last day. So now, more than ever, we need to be faithful to God. We need to be available. We need to be really ministers, servants of the Most High and Living God. If I ask our brethren here, how many of you have been blessed by the message? Just raise your hands. Okay, many, many hands all over the place. If I ask our brethren who's listening, viewing right now, I, I, I believe you will also raise your hand. You'll agree that there was something, a lot of things in the message today that had blessed your heart. Maybe it had instructed us, rebuke us, reprove us, but all in all, it's good because it's God's word. And we will do us good when we listen and when we obey and we trust the Lord to do His will in our lives. For those who are not saved, I mean for those who have never experienced how to be forgiven of their sins, to have an assurance of a place in heaven and a relationship with God being mended. We are all separated from God because of our sin, our involvement in sin, uh, the imputed sin that we inherited from our first parents, Adam and Eve. It's sinful nature that run in the, the veins of our hearts, of our blood, because 
we are all depraved. But God sent His only begotten Son, the perfect Son of God, who obeyed all the law and commandments that we'll never be able to fulfill. But His mission is to die on the cross. He shed His blood for our forgiveness. So if you're today, if you'll just call upon His name and trust Him, not trust your good works, any religion, any re relic or ritual that you've been passed to as a means of God's favor, God's grace, if you'll just trust Christ and Him alone as your Savior, He'll save you today. He'll give you a place in heaven. If you're not sure if that comes your way, you're saved. Will you pray this prayer with me as we always do in this part of invitation? Just call upon God in a humble manner with all your heart and pray to God like this. Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that you love me and you died on the cross for my sins. You shed your blood. You were buried and you rose again the third day for my salvation. I repent of all my sins and by faith I receive you into my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from this moment and help me to know you more and live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Blessed Lord, God Almighty, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, preaching session that we had. Thank you, Lord, for speaking in our hearts in a special way. Thank you, Lord, that truly you are the builder and the founder of this church, that truly even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And whatever we spend in our time, talent, and treasure in the kingdom of God, in the work of the church will always be counted for all eternity. Everything that we do for Christ is an eternal investment. And it will remain. It will remain. So help us, Lord, not to be wary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Help us, Lord, to redeem the time because the days are evil. Help us, Lord, to occupy till you come again. Help us, Lord, to work till the night will come. Help us, Lord, to prioritize you because you truly deserve it. It's the least we can do for everything you've done for us, especially in dying on the cross, especially, Lord, for helping us in times of infirmities, in times of our unfaithfulness. Thou art still faithful. So thank you, Lord, for calling us into the ministry. We feel many times inadequate, inadequate, Lord, but thank you, Lord, for your spirit that strengthen us, that gives us, Lord, the encouragement that we might never know uh, and see the harvest or the rewards in this lifetime, but if we do it in the right motive, in the right heart, we know for sure that there are eternal dividends waiting for us, something we can give back to Christ for using us as his instrument. So bless your words upon our hearts today. May it continue to linger. May it continue, Lord, to germinate and bring forth fruit. Help us, Lord, to seek someone this week that we can minister to them in some way. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.